you, Executive Director of Good Governance Africa, Dr. Alan Tudin, says this is a positive development. I actually haven't been able to get a hold of the actual report itself. I'm, I'm basing kind of my questions on, on, on your opening and closing remarks. So I'm going to end by asking you where we can actually uh, get the, um, the final report. But in terms of the survey, we always need to know how, how, how big your sample was and how you went about gathering this data. Sure, Stephen. So we um, actually worked uh, with our partners, Mark Data, to conduct the survey, and we sampled 2,291 respondents from across the country in what was a nationally representative sample. Um, we started out by applying multi-stage probability sampling, and we our first stage of selection was based on an enumerator area. We then selected respondents from these areas using a random grid, and then... Um, Face-to-face interviews were conducted from the middle of August to the middle of September last year, and we used a questionnaire to speak to people on their uh, sentiments about voting in the country. Now, a year ago when you launched this, uh, you flagged the local and uh, national government uh, level issues uh, needed to be addressed, and uh, I understand you said that nothing really much has changed. What has uh, come out from the survey then in terms of the way people perceive the way the government runs? Well, look, I think that there is, um, as there was in 2015, 2016, when we first conducted our national perceptions of governance work, followed by work on local government performance, there was a fairly pronounced degree of dissatisfaction with um, the way in which things were running. At that stage, we found that only around 14% of people believed that the government was completely accountable. Close on 80% of the people blamed incompetent and corrupt government officials for the poor state of the economy. Um, Back then, when we first conducted our work, we saw that uh, effectively a sense of loyalty, although it was dwindling at the time, along with social grants and pensions, were pretty much holding the, you know, the glue holding the the government together in in the country. Um, What we've seen since then is uh, an even more decreasing sense of loyalty. We've seen for the first time, and I know you mentioned this earlier, that voters appear to be deploying their votes strategically which we think is a fantastic sign of increasing voter maturity in the country. So we have seen, for example, when we ask the people, according to you, who governs South Africa at the moment, only 14.5% of our participants say the people govern. Um, 20.4% feel that it's parliament. A whopping 48% believe that it's the president, the person of the president. And then um, amongst them, uh, 10.4% believe in its foreign powers, 5.3% local powers. Um, So it's quite interesting that only a fraction of the people really think that they are involved in governance, yet they, when we ask them, do you believe your vote matters, 75.9% of our participants do feel that their vote counts. So what we're seeing is that people are increasingly realizing that they have a sense of power and agency and whether they choose to withhold their vote and abstain or or, or vote for someone else is, is, you know, is, 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 is increasingly seeming to be the case. How important is information accessibility uh, to them in terms of making these decisions? Well, look, I mean, when we, when we asked people um, what was involved in terms of their their support, um, what what would encourage people to continue supporting the party in power and what would make them change their behaviour, we we had some interesting interesting inputs in the sense that people continue to support the party mainly out of loyalty in our study, followed by a genuine belief in their chosen party's capacity to govern. After that comes a reliance on grants 
and then an effective tie between giving up hope with fear and intimidation, uh, followed by, and here's the interesting bit, a lack of information and a lack of alternative attract, uh, attractive alternatives. But when we ask the people in question what would enable them to adapt their voting behavior, um, they said the, the, the biggest uh, factor for them would be finding a party that better suited their needs, if they reached a tipping point of bad governance, if there was more information available on government itself or on their rights, or finally if competitors produced evidence of better governance. So this whole notion of you know, um, voter education and the availability of information is, I think, quite key to, to moving the debate and the reality forward. Thanks to Dr. Anand Chudin, who's the Director of Good Governance Africa, their website to